Hello. We've got a really good episode for you guys. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, We really appreciate those who have been talking to us on Instagram. We've had a ton of like interaction with you guys. Um, For those who are sharing our podcast and letting other people know about it, we have some really, really incredible things going on in the next few weeks on the podcast. Yeah. I don't think I want to share any more than that. I think we're going to keep it a secret. But yeah, I love secrets. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) you have some really cool stuff to look forward to. Um, Haley, why don't you start us off with our hot takes? Okay. So I think that everyone should work at least one crappy job in their life because it builds Mm. character. Mm. I think that we have had our fair share of jobs that maybe we've even enjoyed, but a lot of other people would consider it to be crappy. Yeah, or vice versa. Or vice versa. And Mm -hmm. I just, I feel like you get to meet all sorts of different characters, people from different, Mm -hmm. um, like, paths in life. And mm-hmm. you just, you get to learn so much from other people. And I feel like it just helps you be more grateful for the jobs that you have moving forward. So then that begs the question, yeah. what was your worst job? I think I know where you're going with this, but I want to see just in case. Oh gosh, that's a good question. I don't even know if I have. <sighs> okay. Well, first one that people would think would be really crappy is my pizza job. I absolutely loved it. I mm-hmm. loved all of my coworkers. There was never a shift that I didn't want to go to. And like, I, I enjoyed being able to like not <laughs> care too much because of like where I was at in life. I didn't have to make, you know, above minimum wage. It was okay for me. And mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't feel like I needed to be making more. And I was just mm-hmm completely content with where I was at but an actual crappy job definitely my office job because I learned to work with difficult people I learned that I don't want to work with difficult people again but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know how to go about those situations um I think I learned how to like stick up for myself more and that I never want to work for a family owned business again, because it gets way too messy, but you know what? Yeah. Yeah. I learned a lot from it and I feel like I got a lot of, a lot of good life experience out of it. It really pushed me out of my comfort zone. Well, and it's interesting because I think it's even more so than just like the crappy job, but the fact that you were able to look back and find benefits from it. Um, all of your good jobs, of course, you can find benefits from it, but it's it's the hard times, it's the hard jobs. And finding positives in those situations, I think is really important because at some point, life has a really weird way of coming back to you. That yeah. is a lesson I've learned over and over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um And so the fact that you're able to go back and say, Hey, like I learned this thing. So now it's not that you won't ever have a bad coworker again or a hard day again. But if you do, you've got this like other job to look back on and be like, how did I handle that situation? Then what can I do to apply to it now? So I think that's like pretty admirable of you. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's cool. I I feel like it came from one of our questions from last week about Mm -hmm. the college student who didn't have a lot of work experience, who had never had a job before. 
And I've really been thinking about what more I wanted to say on that this past week. And I just thought, you know what? If you don't have to work, go out and get yourself a crappy job. Mm -hmm. Like experience it. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. Go in knowing, hey, if I really don't have to financially provide for myself, why not just try out a few different things and enjoy it? Because Mm -hmm. I feel like that pressure being taken off of not feeling like you have to have the job can help you kind of enjoy it and embrace Mm -hmm. whatever you end up doing. But also, if it ends up being crappy, I mean... I think that you have a lot that you can learn there and that'll give you more experience that it sounded like this person asking the question last week wanted. Yeah. You know, give yourself a little bit of hardship, put yourself like out of your comfort zone and Mm -hmm. see what you can learn from that. And right there, that's the life experience that maybe you're looking for or the dating experience, you know, how dating coworkers might go. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. yeah, but um, speaking of college and making money, I see your yes. hot take. Yes, and it is about student loans. Ooh. So <clears throat> I was on Instagram just vibing, doing my thing, and my cousin posted this thing about student loan forgiveness, mm-hmm. and I think no matter which way you fall on the forgiveness spectrum, whether we should have done or whether we should have it all, mm-hmm. it still is a hot take. I feel like this is such a divided conversation. And so it'll be really cool to talk about with our listeners. Yeah. Um, but I was, I mean, I sat there for like an hour today, just like <laughs> looking at the comment section. Cause it was just so interesting seeing what people said. Mm-hmm. So the way that student loans were explained to me, and I, I didn't learn this from just like some random Joe, like I actually looked stuff up and tried to learn about them and things like that. Um, is basically the money comes from the federal government, right? It comes Mm -hmm. from the education department. And so they are giving us that money. That is where it's coming from. Um, The the White House administration, all of them, they're the ones in charge of the money. It's not some like secondary resource or some smaller company, unless that's who you go through to get your loans. But for the Mm -hmm. most part, people are going through the federal government. That's, That's strictly what I'm talking about for these loans in particular. And so when it comes to those loans and student forgiveness, student forgiveness is actually very, very possible, like loan forgiveness. So the analogy that was used was basically, if our listeners imagine that Haley gave me $50, right? And she said, okay, you can pay all of this back to me, you can pay half of it back, or you can pay none of it back. It's a gift for you. Mm-hmm. She's the one coming up with how much I'm supposed to pay her back for this thing. And then I'm the one who pays her back for said thing, Right. Yeah. And obviously if I don't pay her back, that's a pretty crappy thing to do unless she says, no, this is a gift. This is $50 for your birthday or mm-hmm. whatever. And it's the same thing. These, and I don't want it to look like they're, they're given as a gift or anything like that, but that's where that money is coming from is they're giving us a certain percentage of the money that they have within the federal reserve. Mm-hmm. And then we take that money and they can say, Hey, I need you to pay all of this back 
I need you to pay half of it back or I need you to pay none of it back. It's for you. Um, I think that's where scholarships and other things can come into. It's the same thing. Yeah. So student loan forgiveness can actually happen if the, if the government says, Hey, we don't need that money. You you're, you're off the hook. We don't need it. Of course, then they lose the money. Like they're not going to have it anymore. But I sit and think about how much money the government has already. And I don't think it's going to hurt them if even like a lower, they don't have to give student loan forgiveness to everyone, or they could just give like a small percentage, like maybe like $10,000 off of each person's loans or whatever. But that Mm -hmm. still is taking some money away and it's not going to hurt them either. Another thing that I saw on this post, though, was that they were also talking about how we could get rid of interest and just pay back the actual amount that was owed, which I'm like, you know, that's a great idea, too. If you gave me $50, I don't expect you coming back at me every week being like two more dollars on that, two Uh more dollars on that until, you know, eventually I'm like super in debt to you. Mm -hmm. You would just expect me to pay back the $50 within a reasonable time. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Or if, you know, if it's within a reasonable time, maybe charge interest in like 20 years if they haven't seen a dime from you or something, mm-hmm. you know, make make a really long gap. Because I know they have like a six month gap, but what is that going to do? That's just, that doesn't do anything for paying yeah. back these loans. They need to have some large gap. And if you don't pay back any of it, that's when they start accruing interest. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to know what you think about that, Haley. Oh, you know, I, part of me wants to just go pull Logan from downstairs and be like, Hmm, tell me your thoughts because I, so I don't have any student loans. Mm -hmm. I, I was lucky enough where, uh, my parents were able to pay for half of my education and then I paid for the other half by working So for me, and that's how it worked for all of my sisters, they either paid for half or they had scholarships that covered full tuition for them. And so I don't know what it's like from the point of view of having student loans, but Logan has student loans and just the freeze on having to pay back those student loans has been so nice during COVID. Mm -hmm. We, we got married and within like five, four, five months into marriage is when everything shut down with COVID. And because we weren't making those payments, we were able to save up and buy our house and buy furniture for our house. And it was so nice not having that pressure. And so it's like, we've built you know, this lifestyle and budget where once we have to start paying back those student loans again, well, that's going to have to readjust our entire budget. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, we were able to put more money into the economy over the Mm -hmm. past two years that Mm -hmm. if we were paying those loans every month, that would have made it more difficult. So are you thinking like, would you want it completely forgiven? Would you want zero interest or would you, or do you feel like the government is completely justifiable in charging interest on top of the loans, Um, especially because it sounds like you do in a way still understand the position. It's just through Logan's money. Yeah. You know, so yes, it would be really nice for them to be (laughs) completely forgiven. But from my understanding, from what I've listened to, I don't know if that's possible in the sense that we won't eventually have to pay for that through taxes. 
And so I would be okay paying it back with little to no interest because Mm -hmm. if it's, if it's a percentage coming out of this, this reserve that they have, it's basically, and I know this is not the right terminology to use. (laughs) Please do not come for me, but it's basically like their gift, right? It's that gift at the $50 to us. If, if I were to give you $50, I'm not going to tax you for it. Well, I'm wondering like not through (laughs) like the people being given that forgiveness will be directly taxed, but overall that amount of money will be worked into taxes later on. That's not necessarily listed, you know, you're paying X amount to cover this, but that Mm -hmm. it will work its way into the economy me at some point is from what I understand yeah and that's and that's where uh that's where I was um going with that analogy it's not going to affect anybody except for the people who gave us the money so taxpayers aren't going to have to pay it back we're not going to have to pay back it's nobody's responsibility to pay back it's just money that they've taken out of that reserve yeah now can they build up the the budget again Mm -hmm. eventually yeah but it doesn't have to be out of taxes. It can just be how they're normally charging things anyway. That would be nice. It (laughs) it would be nice. If it could work that way and they did it. Uh, Yep. I'm on board. (laughs) So, and I could see them easily taxing us and using that as the excuse to build back up that reserve, Mm -hmm. but they don't have to. And that's the point I'm trying to make is like, they do not have to it does not actually affect them as bad as they say that it will i think the government's just a little dramatic at times yeah. i'm like yeah maybe I'm that's like, my when, other hot take hmm, if only the government like truly cared about the public that they're serving oh, that would be Since nice instead of, <laughs> yeah instead of what they want for themselves hmm. yeah so yeah if i mean and I don't know where everyone else sits on this. And it's been really cool, like hearing your perspective and yeah. the stuff that like has happened to you and that fear of eventually being taxed. It's just, I feel like this is just such an interesting yeah. thing. And it's definitely something that I would probably assume the majority of our listeners have dealt with in some way or another. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I can't wait. So I love yeah. learning about these kind of things from other people. Yeah. So that's it for me. <laughs> okay. So are you, how are you doing this week? Thriving, not thriving? Doing great. Oh, super, super swell. Um, I started my internship today. Uh, I have two different internships for this semester and then I'll graduate. I'm so close to being oh. done. I'm so excited. And then, um, I was telling Haley before the podcast started, because I feel like our listeners need to need to know about this. Yeah. So I was helping my supervisor hang up these little like hearts of kindness for the, the kids in the elementary school. And basically the instruction that she gave them was to write, how can we be kind, like some reason, some way that we can be kind to others on these hearts. And, um, we, got everything from like don't hit my mom <laughs> to <laughs> kindergartners just writing be kind so very literal mm-hmm. and you know another girl said to not be toxic and another one gave all of her drama all of her recess tea on 
<laughs> one of them it was straight up a paragraph about the problems that happened on the playground with her you and learned her friends. so much it's a lot but by far my favorite one and i want the listeners to listen very closely was stand up for bullies believe in yourself so it's not stand up to bullies yeah it's standing up for the bullies. i mean someone has to <laughs> someone has to somebody has to cheer them on you know <laughs> they're 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 doing god's work out there um <laughs> Builds character. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> bullying is it's not that, okay. That one crappy job, <laughs> being a bully. <laughs> get over it. It's totally joking. So yeah, yeah. You haven't used "get over" it in a while. I know. What's that? Yeah. Hashtag get over it. <laughs> so that's that's how I'm doing. I would say I'm thriving. It's been pretty good. Um, how about you, Haley? You know, I would say compared to other people in my life right now, I think I'm thriving. Um, about half good. of my family has COVID. <laughs> oh. Uh, and then about half of my school, it seems like right now, also mm-hmm. has COVID. So, mm-hmm. you know, I am living my best life in terms of health. I mean, I'm only slightly exhausted, but... At least I don't have a fever. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> so, like, well, yep, I guess, guess I'm doing better than most people around me. So no. I'll take that. <laughs> Although some days I'm like, come on, uh, can I, can I get a negative test over here? It's been two years and I still haven't gotten it. Oh. I'd really appreciate I know I don't get 10 days off anymore, but five days would be nice. Five days. I mean, I got mine in the summer, so it didn't do anything but ruin my summer vacation. So (laughs) that's true. Well, that's, that's right. Because my sister tested positive the day after Mm -hmm. I went on Christmas break and I'm like, no, no, Mm -hmm. no, no, no. not my two weeks off. Stay away from me. me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. During my only (laughs) time off. Yeah. Yeah. Who would do that? I know. (laughs) So yeah, I, I'm going to go with thriving. I'm claiming that for this week. Good. Claim that energy. Yeah. Manifest it. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, um, I think we're ready to go into a break. Yeah. So I don't have anything to say. No, I have decided to leave that in the past. I will find a new. Yeah, I know. It's heartbreaking. I will find a new, um, mantra i guess okay. if you will yeah. or something eventually okay. um I'm it so was proud of you. lasted i yeah. i was running out of synonyms so it oh, was good yeah. <laughs> all right grab some water <laughs> take a break yes. we'll yeah back. get get hydrated all right Welcome back, everyone. So, like Rainey said earlier, this episode is all about TikTok. We went through our questions and realized that we had three that talked about TikTok. Figured, why not wrap it up into one big episode? Yes. And just break it all down. So, first question was submitted anonymously. And they asked, what do you guys think about all of the TikTok challenges and threats going around schools? Has it affected either of you? What can be done 
to end this or protect students? Wow. Well, for me, so I teach fourth grade and in elementary school, we didn't have a lot of the challenges per se. I know that it was really big in middle school and high school to take things from the school, but as far as my experience goes, I didn't have a problem with that. Neither did my school, but a lot of the schools in my area definitely struggled with having supplies go missing. And then more recently, the shooting challenge that was going around in December, where it seemed like almost every day for two or three weeks, there was a school within like a five mile radius of me that was either on a lockdown or there were reports of a student bringing a gun in and they kept it on the down low because they didn't want parents to be scared where they didn't report it to the news and you only heard about it from students themselves. Parents weren't even told about it. And then as far as my own experiences go, vaping has been a big thing with like our fourth and fifth graders, honestly, where I think because they're seeing it so much on social media that of course they want to look cool and they aren't recording themselves doing it. But I think that just seeing it on TikTok has really sparked an interest in doing things that they legally are not supposed to be doing. Mm. So I'm assuming this person knows that we both have experience working in a school environment. So how has TikTok kind of affected you? Because I know you have more experience in upgrades. Yeah. yeah well and not just in upgrades but and I don't want to say that I've had more experience but I do wonder if I'm exposed to some of this stuff a little more yes. just because of the nature of my, my job mm. where I'm I'm working with counselors right so who are we working with mostly students oh, with true. mental disturbances emotional mm-hmm. disturbances they're, they have problems going on at home, at school. Like I, I see this stuff all the time, whether it's TikTok or it's just normal day-to-day stuff. I, I see violence. I see poverty. I see abuse. Like that's, that's the nature of my job. Mm -hmm. And so, um, in a way, I almost want to address it like how I would address it in my job, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is getting down to the root of the situation, which Haley did address a little earlier. She just said that they're doing it because they want to be cool. Sometimes you don't have to overthink this, right? Yeah. That is the reason these things are happening and they may deny it. They can deny, deny, deny. No, it's not because they want to be cool or whatever, but that's typically what it's for. It's for the clout. It's for the views. It's for Mm -hmm. popularity. It's for their friends to think they're cool. Like whatever it is, it boosts their self-esteem at least in their mind, it does. So it's not, I don't know that we can actually end these things because it's, these problems have existed probably, I don't know how old the the person who submitted this is, but let's assume they're, you know, 25, 30, whatever, Mm -hmm. probably when you were in school, they existed when I was in school, when your parents were in school, grandparents, you know, stuff like that. And so it's, 
it's not that these these things can be ended, but it's a matter of knowing how to protect the students. Yeah. Um, so education, I think normalizing, not normalizing the problems, but normalizing the education. I think sometimes we live in fear of teaching students how to like protect themselves from shooters or from um, other like things like drugs, cigarettes, Mm -hmm. whatever. But it's like, if you don't do it, then it hides in secrecy. And if it hides in secrecy, then they're not going to tell you. They're just going to keep it secret, right? That's where fear loves secrecy. Mm -hmm. It just sits and festers in it. It thinks it's great. And so if we if we take away that fear and if we normalize talking about measures to protect ourselves, I think that can honestly drastically reduce a lot of this. The other thing is to take away the fear for yourself, right? Mm. I I hate to say this, but in one way or another, something's going to happen at your schools or to your children. It could be anything. It could be drugs. It could be shooting. It could be drinking. It like something will happen eventually at the schools, pornography. So it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, when, and so not being afraid of it, but being prepared for it. So getting on top of that preparedness, teaching, if you have kids teaching your kids about things, um, you know, and, uh, you can, you can, and obviously teach them in ways they understand, but there are certain things that are never too young for kids to, to learn about. So yeah. on the topic of pornography, you don't have to teach them straight up what pornography is, but you can teach them to learn and love and accept their bodies and respect them from yeah. the age that they're like two. Mm-hmm. Like you can teach them from a really, really young age. So being on top of it, removing the fear. And then, um, again, with the secrecy, this is the other thing that I've seen a lot of parents doing, and I don't, I don't know that I agree with it, mm-hmm. but a lot of parents are trying to remove TikTok or like really filter their kids' phone usage yeah, so that they don't see anything. Right. Yeah. Again, what is that living in? It's living in fear. Hmm. So instead of just banning every single social media website from them, teach them how to safely use it, you know, because one way or another, if you don't teach them, they're going to go and find it themselves. So teach them what to do, how to be proactive rather than Mm -hmm. reactive. Right. So, um, I know that was a really long winded way of answering this, but I just, I think it's super important that we don't, we don't just, we don't try and stop it or end it or, you know, get on, get, whatever it's that's just not going to happen it's if we're being realistic it's about preparing and keeping a level head when it comes Mm. to these kinds of things so um what do you think Haley um I think that from my experiences in the schools that I've worked with unfortunately a lot of the students that I've had these kind of interactions with when it comes to things outside of like the shooting that we've been talking about, but vaping, drugs, you know, threats of fighting, disrespect, a lot of it, they are seeing at home. They're Mm -hmm. seeing mom, dad, cousin, aunt, uncle, someone around them constantly vaping, constantly smoking, and that is their norm. And Mm -hmm. so kids come in and they brag, oh, when I'm old enough, my mom says I can get a vape. Now, Mm -hmm. is that true for some of the parents? Yeah, that is what they're telling their kids. And for (laughs) others, they're saying it because they want to sound cool. 
Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I agree with what you said that you cannot fully protect students from it. You can't fully block it. And you have to be able to teach your kids how to handle those situations. Mm-hmm. Like for me in our church, I teach the 11 to 13 year old Sunday school. And a lot of the, these kids, they either have a cell phone, but they don't have social media on it because they just don't have an interest in it. But then those that do have social media are really good about, they've been taught to have that self-awareness, like mm-hmm. you said, of how to appropriately, appropriately use social media and understand mm-hmm. when they see something they don't want to see, they know they just scroll away and they mm-hmm. know that they're going to be taught everything else. I mean, the public school system <laughs> does a really <laughs> great job of teaching you the things that your parents uh-huh. don't want you to know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that goes more into our second question. So if you want to read that and then we can kind of go into, you know, yeah. what what I have on my mind. Sure. Okay. Okay. So um, question two, also submitted by the exact same person, which is why we put them back to back, but they both said TikTok in it. So we were like, Hey, that works. (laughs) Um, It says, I just submitted the question about school TikTok challenges, but what is your opinion of kids on social media? And I want to add something real quick into what you were saying, because you reminded me of one other thing. And I don't know how I neglected to remember this. <laughs> we talk about this all the time. <laughs> it always happens. Counseling. It always happens. But again, the root of the, and I kind of, I kind of alluded to this earlier, the root of the problem, right? Kids want to look cool. Mm-hmm. If they want to look cool, what are they looking for? They're looking for attention, right? They're looking for attention from you. They're looking for attention mm-hmm. from others. Yeah. So it's, it's a need it's a need that that's not being met mm-hmm. by doing those things. So yeah, we can be proactive and all this stuff, like I said, which I think is all really, really important. But I also want you, if you're a parent or if you're a kid, that's like, we have a couple teens who listen to this podcast as well, you know, yeah. look at the attention needs. Is there something not being met? And mm-hmm. the thing with attention needs is they will always be met, but they're not always going to be met positively. Yes. So it's about being a parent and finding a way to meet those attention needs in a positive way. Does your kid need more time with you? Are they, are they getting in trouble more often than they would like to? How are you talking to them and teaching them Um, at school? Do they have enough friends? Are they getting enough attention from their teachers? You know, like really look at the, at the student as at the kid as a whole, if it's yourself that we're talking about, if you're one of the teens in this issue, look at yourself as a whole. Do you feel like you're getting your needs met? And if you are not, what are positive ways that you can get those met? Who do you need to talk to? What do you need to do? And I know that sounds embarrassing to go to Mm -hmm. your mom and be like, mom, my needs aren't getting met, but you could, you don't have to do that. You could just like, Hey mom, I really want to go and see a movie or, Mm -hmm. um, can we have dinner together this week? If I cook and you clean, if she's busy or whatever, you know? Um, but that's typically another reason a lot of like almost any problem (laughs) with a kid typically stems from a need based trauma. So find a way to, to, fix that as well. Um, go ahead, Haley. I'm sorry for, no, I think that's a big part of parenting is Mm -hmm. being able to acknowledge, well, you've brought this human being into the world 
once they're out of you or out of, you know, wherever <laughs> you're getting the baby from. Once the baby, <laughs> like, That's a different once, podcast. Right? <laughs> once that baby is put into your care, you, you have to be on top of it. In my opinion, like mm-hmm. I, and this may, this is another hot take, but I think that you can be a well-rounded person without having access to every single thing on the internet all of the time. From a young age, you can absolutely say no to your seven or eight year old or 10 or 12 year old that wants a cell phone. You have that control. If you Mm -hmm. want them to have a phone to contact you because maybe they ride the bus, maybe they walk home from school and for emergencies, you want them to contact you. Absolutely. But you know what? You can get a flip phone that doesn't have access to the internet if that's something that you want. I think Mm -hmm. that it's totally up to parents, but if you want to go the route of not giving your kids access to that, it's possible. And if kids are going to make fun of you or your child for those decisions, I think that's a great way for them to learn early on what makes a good friend and not because yes, yeah, growing up, I didn't have a cell phone until like 10th or 11th grade. And some of my friends, I think from you know, when we grew up, it maybe wasn't popular or big to get a phone until you were maybe in like seventh grade ish is when mm-hmm. a lot of my friends got their phones. Yep. Same. And not necessarily saying that's a big, like that's a bad thing for them to get them at that age, but my parents decided, well, we're not giving you access to that. That's not something that we want you to have. And some of my friends were okay still texting or calling my mom's cell phone. Some of them didn't think it was cool anymore. And you know who I'm still friends with? The two girls who still <laughs> texted my mom's cell phone. Yes, you know exactly. what two people I can reach out to? The two girls in ninth grade who would text me about going to a high school football game on my mom's cell phone. Yeah. You know, you want to know who my two bridesmaids were that I would consider maids of honor? The two girls that would text me (laughs) from my mom's flip flip phone. (laughs) And you know what? Don't feel like you have to raise a kid that has to be seen as cool or popular because I see so many of the kids that I've taught in my Sunday school class and they are so, I think they're really cool. Are they seen cool at school? I don't know, but like they're so confident in themselves and they're like, no, I don't need social media. I think that's so dumb that the 16 year olds at church care about this, that, and the other, and they're so self-aware. And I'm like, wow, that. Wow. Yeah. I'm like, what are your parents teaching you? Because like, I need classes from them. (laughs) So with that being said, like you can do it as a parent. Like, yes, you may be busy working a full-time job. That doesn't give you like a free pass to not be involved Mm -hmm. in your kid's life. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of parents will say, oh, well, I'm just so tired. Like just use my phone, do whatever you want. And then all of a sudden they're shocked when they see what their kid has access to. I'm like, well, because what wasn't access. getting met? Like, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. What were you saying? Oh, I was just going to say, um, no, I think you're making amazing points. I was, I just wanted to add to it that like totally fine. If you want to restrict, I just want to remind our listeners that if you restrict, you have to remember that that doesn't mean your kid won't have access to it. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to restrict, you still need to explain to them the consequences of certain social media websites, Mm -hmm. what they're like, what they need to look out for. Yeah. Don't just restrict and then be like, cover your ears, never hear anything. Because that's just not how it works. 
no, like I was fully aware of why I didn't have a phone. And I heard the stories from my sisters and like the public school system, like I said, did a great job of educating me in the areas that I did not have access to on the internet. And I was okay because of that, you know? Mm-hmm. I was able to see all sorts of things and hear all mm-hmm. sorts of things. So I was like, okay, great. I'll learn from my friends at school. And then I don't need to go home and look things up because mm-hmm. <laughs> I just got well, a high quality education. Exactly. In algebra. So exactly. Because like I said, if, if you don't teach them, it's just going to live in secrecy. And then they'll keep doing more and more in secret and hide it from you. Mm -hmm. I would rather tell my kids all and have them come up to me when they have a problem or are freaked out than hide from me because they're scared they're going to get in trouble. Yeah. So I don't know. Just my opinion. (laughs) Right. I know it's one of those things. It's like, well, this is our opinion. Do I know how to raise a child? No. No. Does anyone (laughs) on the world really know how to raise a kid? I don't think so. I think (laughs) everyone just wings it and they hope for the best. But (laughs) basically, (laughs) if there's something that you really want in a certain aspect of parenting when it comes to this, I think you can you can make it happen to a certain degree. Yeah. All right. Well, are you ready to move on to the last question? Oh my goodness. Yes. This one is a doozy. (laughs) Oh gosh. Yeah. This one was also submitted anonymously. But uh, I will assume that this was a girl in context. So uh, uh, she states, I noticed my fiance's for you page on TikTok while he was scrolling and his page was filled, filled in all caps with girls. Some of these girls outfit choices would make a Kardashian's Instagram look like a church pamphlet. I love that. I I trust him and don't consider it cheating, but part of me wants to confront him. Okay. There's a lot to unload here. (laughs) Very Um, filled in all caps. (laughs) Yeah. I, okay. First off, I think it's interesting that she said that she trusts him and she doesn't consider it cheating. I think that's an interesting conversation Mm -hmm. because does it matter whether or not he knows the person? Because I've had something kind of not, I don't know. I've had sort of a similar situation with a guy in the past, but it was Instagram. And I noticed that like he had searched a lot Mm -hmm. of like Instagram models, but not ones with like millions of followers. It was like, you know, 10,000 followers. And like, I noticed it. And then like a day later when we were hanging out, I was like, Hey, what's like your one friend's Instagram handle? And he was like, Oh, I don't know. Like, look it up. So, you know, I grab his phone cause he's, I have full access to it and I hit the search bar and those girls names pop up. And I was like, see, I planned this. And I'm like, uh, who is so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And I don't know. I think he made something up like, oh, the, you know, those like robot Instagram accounts trying to follow me. So I went to block them. And deep down, I was like, well, I know that's not how Instagram works because <laughs> like, if you went to go search it, that means that you typed in that full name. Mm-hmm. No, the search bar doesn't show you accounts that followed you and accounts you mm-hmm. just clicked on. Like you actively typed in those names and mm-hmm. then I just left it alone. Like, because I, I feel like maybe it would be harder if it were someone 
maybe that we knew because then it's like, okay, well, clearly you're clearly you're thinking about this girl, but maybe if it's an Instagram model, it's not considered that big of a deal personally because it's like, okay, well, that's unattainable anyways. Like, Mm -hmm. but I mean, if you want to confront him, maybe do it, but keep in mind that you're not considering it cheating and just Mm. be like, Hey, like what you doing there, bud? For me, I'm like, a little peek. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, how can I turn this into a joke and we can laugh it off? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Okay, I've got a lot of mixed opinions on this, and yeah. I want to put out the disclaimer: I am single, so I I just feel like that's important to note here. <laughs> okay, I've never okay. had a relationship, right? So uh-huh. I guess I don't know completely how this feels. If I, I mean, I, I've seen guys I like, you know, like other girls and stuff. And obviously I get jealous or hurt, Mm -hmm. but I don't, this sounds bad, but I don't have any claim towards them, I guess, because they're not like my boyfriend or my husband or whatever. It's just, he has every right to go and look at other girls, you know? And so, um, so I just wanted to like throw that out there. Okay. (laughs) Um, so here's here's a couple things. I think Haley was really good at pointing out that I trust him and don't consider it cheating part mm-hmm. because I find it interesting this little double entendre we have here that you seem really frustrated about this that these girls are like kind of scandalous or whatever Mm -hmm. but then you say you trust him if you totally trusted him would you have sent us this question in the first place yeah Yeah. Uh, i i i'm sorry if that sounds a little harsh no Um, i i just i keep thinking about that i'm like why would you have sent this if you didn't like have some suspicion Mm -hmm. or if like something wasn't something more wasn't going on I don't think you would have actually sent this yeah I'm not saying it's right or wrong to be upset I'm just saying that's what I'm gathering from this yeah um but the other thing and I don't know how true this is I have heard that um TikTok's algorithm does tend to put women on men's for you pages Mm. like a lot more than than women have men on their for you pages because mm. it's to keep them engaged which yeah. is really crappy of tiktok mm-hmm. i don't know if that's true but if it is it's pretty crappy yeah so keep that in mind as well um so the other thing that i wanted to mention was um is this a double standard at all how often are you looking at guys that are male models or talking about celebrities or actors like the amount of times I have complimented Zac Efron are astronomical okay (laughs) that's so funny because the first thing I thought of was like well if I scroll on my for you page and Zac Efron pops up like he is the first person that came to mind for me too yeah like am I just gonna (laughs) swipe away and be like not today Satan or am I gonna like it and look at the comments and thirst a little I don't know I don't know and and I I get there's some things when it comes to feminism that like shouldn't be a double standard. So um but I think for this it can be looked at as a double standard. So if it's bothering you, are you doing the same thing? I'm not accusing you of that. Maybe yeah. you don't. Maybe maybe she is a 
a go away Satan every time she sees Zac Efron. <laughs> I personally am not, but maybe <laughs> she is. And so if if that is the case, I I mean just just you know do some self reflection here. Mm-hmm. Once you have done that, once we've covered all of those bases, I think Haley is right that you probably should talk to him. It sounds like this is bothering you. Yeah. I really don't think you would have come to us if it wasn't bothering you somewhat. And, and I don't think that that's something you need to keep away from him. You don't need to come at it in an accusatory tone. Like what the freak is this? Yeah. You know, what is up Kyle? Like you don't need to do that. It's always Kyle. (laughs) Sorry. We're talking about TikTok, so I had to yeah. quote a vine. I had to throw that in there. Um, <laughs> but instead, you just need to say, hey, I was, you know, I've been around you. I've noticed some TikToks come up. Um, I don't know. Like, I haven't been, like, scrolling through your phone, scrolling through your likes or anything. Mm-hmm. I've just seen this. And I was just wondering if... You've been liking these videos. Um, what are your thoughts when you're watching them? I, I just like, I'm not trying to come at you as I'm mad. I just want to understand mm-hmm. and like actually clarify that if you don't want him to think you're mad and if you're actually not mad, you're just confused. Yeah. Clarify that. Say, I'm not mad. I'm just confused and I want to understand and I want us to talk about it. And then you guys need to come up to some mutual resolution of you know, is it okay for him to look at those pictures? Is it okay for you? Like, mm-hmm. um, what, where's the line? What, what bothers you? What doesn't? There are couples that I know who both the man and the woman actively thirst for every actor they see on TV. Yeah. It, totally. That happens. And then there's ones that are just completely uncomfortable with it. You guys need to decide where you sit in your relationship and find a neutral ground, I think. Yeah. I think especially with this being your fiance, see if, if this is making you uncomfortable, because I think we've decided that there's some reason you've decided to reach out to Mm -hmm. us, but Mm -hmm. is this, um, is this more of a habit that you've noticed or was it a one-time thing you were sitting on the couch and you look over and you just noticed it. And Mm -hmm. for some reason it was just in your mind or have Mm -hmm. you noticed it? you know, frequently where it does make me wonder what the videos are about too. Right. Like, yeah. If, if you were to go through his likes and look at at let's say he liked mm. a lot of these videos, is it yeah. just the woman standing there being like a thirst trap mm-hmm. or is she talking about something that she really enjoys? Is she, are the, is it just a really funny video that makes mm-hmm. you laugh? You know, like, yeah, look at the context of it too. I think that's the sticky part with TikTok. You never really know for sure. Yeah. And definitely each relationship, like you've talked about, you did, I think you Mm -hmm. did a great job explaining that it's different for every couple. Some couples are totally fine. And I can joke with Logan about, you know, being really interested in a movie because he mentions a certain actors in it. And Mm -hmm. for him, he just doesn't have that natural inclination to say, Ooh, Blake Lively's or who, you know, he doesn't give out actresses names because that's just Mm -hmm. not in his nature. And his one celebrity crush, we always joke is like Winnie from, I don't know if it's the wonder years, some old TV show. Mm -hmm. 
from the 90s and now she's on like the Hallmark channel and that's the one person that he's given me and I'm like come on like give me something else yeah yeah (laughs) tell me who you like but it sounds like you're okay with it both of you Uh, it's not this double standard right yeah, so, I think it's fun. Yeah. But some and people I, it's like, nope, do not even talk about <laughs> this person ever. <laughs> I'll be very jealous. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And and it's not that that's wrong. I think no, some people works. grow up mm-hmm. with trust issues and it's really hard for them to see stuff like that. Like that's not a bad thing. You yeah. just need to determine where you're at. So that's it for this week. Yeah. Rainy, you want to say it? Uh, sure. Happy hashtag not thriving Thursday again, please guys look out for the next few weeks. They're going to be fantastic. Yeah. Please, please, please leave us reviews and share Mm -hmm. this podcast wherever you're listening. Um, we really, really want to reach the people who want to listen to us, including you. So that would be great. (laughs) Give us a good rating. I think Spotify just recently lets you give star ratings now and not just reviews so if you're listening on spotify please help us out yes (laughs) all right well we will talk to you guys next week all right see ya bye